Welcome to In the Fire, a podcast for the young families of Chapelgate Presbyterian Church. Marriage and parenting are a wonderful blessing and are extremely rewarding, but they're also really hard and can leave us feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, and defeated. That's exactly why we started this podcast, to help families see how the gospel injects encouragement, comfort, and hope into the daily grind of our lives, and to remind you that you're never alone in the struggle. There is another in the fire. Hello and welcome to In the Fire. My name is Rob Gicking, the director of Young Family Ministries. So glad to have you guys uh, listening in. I'm joined today by Kathy and Steve Dalwig, uh, who are incredible people, friends of mine. They are married, they have kids, they both work at Chapelgate, and they were available at the uh, appropriate time and location that I needed them to be. And that's how they got on this podcast. So enough of me introducing them. Kathy, why don't you introduce yourself, tell the listeners who you are, what your role is at Chapelgate, how long you've been married, things like that. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, my name is Kathy Dalwig, and um, I'm on staff as the Director of Caring Ministries, which I've been doing for about 18 years now, and um, really have enjoyed that. And what else did you want to know? How long have you been married? Oh, we've been married 32 years as of this month. Yeah, that's right. Congratulations. Um, Thank you. And Steve, when is your anniversary? Our anniversary is September 22nd. Uh, that would be 1990. Kathy, is that correct? It is. Okay. We well, we're well. off to a, we're off to a great start, yeah. you guys. It always helps. There's a uh, there's an Earth, Wind, and Fire song called September, and it says uh, on it, it always talks about on the 21st night of September. So I just say that's the day after that song. So oh, like the the 21st night of September. September. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now now everybody will remember too, and you guys will will that's recognize. It. That whenever we need a worship, uh, you know, volunteer, no one should call me. But, <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so we're, we're now at the part of the show. It's my favorite part of the show. It's time for another hard-hitting question. Are you guys ready? No. Okay. Well, here comes the hardest question you're going to get the entire episode. You are now a criminal. You're trying to make a name for yourself in the underworld as a top dog thief. Okay? No pun intended here. And the question is, which animal from the zoo would you steal to make a name for yourself as a thief, which animal from the zoo would you steal that would that would really solidify your place as a top criminal in the underworld? Absolutely, it would have to be the largest animal in the zoo, which I think would be an elephant. If I could get an elephant out of the zoo, I think I would be pretty famous. That would that would definitely take the cake. I think it'd have to, right? I mean, what could you possibly steal, Steve, that would, well, that would top that? Well, it's funny, and maybe it's because of our years of marriage and thinking alike, is that is the exact animal that I <laughs> would have also chosen because I feel the exact same way. I mean, you either go big or you go home. Right. And, you know, it's a very David Copperfield moment where you can uh, make something that giant just disappear. And if I were to be able to make him disappear from the zoo, I think it would be uh, bring me a good bit of notoriety. Well, the question really then becomes, do you guys think you could fit it in your trunk? Oh, that's terrible, Rob. Oh, don't worry. Hey, my answer that's is bad. I'd steal uh, a tiger because then I'd be the world's most famous cat burglar. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. These jokes King brought to you by our sponsors, the Young Family Ministry of Chapelgate. Uh, <laughs> you get what you pay for, folks. So if anybody wants to sponsor the show, now's a good opportunity to call in. Moving on, we're going we're gonna to talk today uh, about marriage and kids. Really, can you have both? Um, it's a story I've heard a lot. There seems to be a strange and sad event that occurs when kids finally age out of the home, um, where a husband and a wife, 
become empty nesters, and all of a sudden they realize that they don't even know each other anymore. It's as if their entire marriage for the last 20 plus years was actually centered on raising children. So once those children go away to college, they realize they don't actually have a spouse, but a stranger. And, and my question, Steve, why don't you get us started? Is, is, have you seen this? And if so, why do you think this happens? I, I do think in some cases, I think that is true. Um, and I think there's a lot of different reasons why that happens. But I think in um, what can often happen in marriage is you start really strong. Uh, but as kids come into the picture, the priority shifts from the primary relationship, which is the husband and wife, um, and it shifts to the parent-child relationship. And so much time and energy just gets poured into those kids. And by the time those kids graduate uh, college, they begin moving off on their own. Then husbands and wives are almost like, oh yeah, you, I forgot about you. And um, we need to start getting to know each other again. And um, I think if you're not careful, uh, a couple can slip into that quite easily. Right. And so I guess one of the things that I, I think is, you know, you guys have four kids, right? Yes. Yeah. And so how, how, how did that play out in your marriage? Kathy, why don't you take this one? Like how, how did you guys, had, did you ever go through a season where you sort of felt like everything was about the kids? And if so, like, how did you, how'd you deal with that? Uh, yeah, I definitely think that there are times throughout our marriage where our kids were our primary focus, our conversations about the children, we're dealing with the children at the dinner table with, you know, trying to keep everything under control. So yeah, there's uh, lots of times where, um, our focus has not been on each other. It's been more on how are we going to raise these kids together and facing different issues that our children have. And so sometimes, you know, the two of us, we wouldn't, we we were not working on our relationship, so we tend to kind of grow apart and kind of lose touch of what, where we are and what we're doing and hmm. maybe some things we need to work on in our marriage. Would you describe that as something that just kind of happens? Like, I don't, I mean, no one no one makes a cognitive decision, I guess, to say, like, you know what I, I think I'm going to do today is ignore my spouse for the next three months while I deal with children. Yeah. So right. I, I guess it, it sort of, it's like a slide, right? I mean, it just kind of happens. Yeah. Um, so we're, what... I guess it would, what I'm asking is like, th there must've been some intentionality for you guys. I mean, you said 32 years, right? We're coming up on 32 yeah, years, right. you know, to have, have a, been married for 32 years with four kids. I imagine it takes a lot of like intentionality to continue having a, a good relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think intentionality is an important word. Um, and I think that intentionality has to start right at the very beginning of your marriage. Um, you know, it doesn't, you know, you could say, oh, well, we've got time to get this back on track. The moment, you know, that even if you don't have kids yet, there are many things that can pull you away from each other. Um, there's all kinds of distractions. There's work. There's your own personal friendships. And uh, life is constantly trying to pull you away from that relationship that means so much. And so I think as, as a couple, you have got to be intentional about focusing on that primary relationship. Um, and you're gonna have to keep focusing on it. You're gonna have to keep going back. And when you start seeing yourself slipping, you need to talk to each other and say, hey, we need to go back to us. We need to talk about how we are connecting together. Right, and I think when we, as we were growing up, uh, or as our kids were growing up, and we were actually growing up too, actually, um, because you, you, learn, you learn a lot about each other in the parenting process. Um, but one thing for us when our kids were small is we would, um, you know, have a family dinner and 
um, we found that this was a really good time for Steve and I to connect. There's a lot of busyness going on, you know, at your table, but we found that after dinner, when the kids had eaten, it was their time to just kind of run around, and Steve and I would just stay at the table, and we would just talk and talk about our day, and it was the time for us to reconnect, which is so important. That's really interesting because I think it would be easy almost to have the kids running around and like almost assign one of you to clean up dinner and the other one to go watch the kids and sort of like divide and conquer. I know that I had that temptation a lot, but at the same time, I'm like, it sounds like there almost had to be a decision of like, it is okay for us, like for the two of you. We are okay with a little chaos, with a little mess, with a little, you know, four boys, with a little injury here and there for the sake of this precious time where, like you said, Steve, like you can really focus in on one another. Um, So I guess before we jump the gun and jump all the way to like, how do I juggle kids and marriage? Like, tell me, tell me like, what are some of the key things for you guys that, that make a healthy marriage? Yeah. um, I think, I think that's a, that's a great uh, question. Um, And I think there's a number of ways uh, that we can, that you can answer that. Um, I think, you know, I think one of the big keys to a healthy marriage um, is is communicating with each other and communicating well. Um, and so, if you're not communicating with each other, if you're not talking with each other, um, we're not uh, we're not mind readers as much as sometimes we like to think we are. Uh, but I think we have to um, look for opportunities to really communicate what we're thinking, what we're feeling, what are our frustrations, um, all of those things, so that so that we can be aware of those and be able to work through and navigate through some of those challenges. Um, and so I think good, healthy communication is important. Um, I think, uh, I also think, you know, spiritual rhythms together as a couple is really important. Um, what is that in your own spiritual dynamic? Is it, I think things like praying together, um, it's very hard to be not on the same page together when you're praying together. Uh, uh, for your kids and for one another and for those uh, for needs and things like that. Absolutely. Um, I think your personal connection to God really helps foster that connection with each other. So um, if there's any intentionality, it really needs to be there and just fostering your relationship with God. Um, and that um, really draws you together. Okay. So I, I got to ask, because I've heard this before, right? Like, I mean, we talk about the core, the, the, what is it? The cord of three strands is not easily broken. Right. Um, and that third strand, you know, if, if the husband and wife are each a strand, then, then God is that third that holds it together. Um, and I think that's really interesting that you both sort of feel that your individual relationships with God mm-hmm. was key, if not the, the main impetus for a healthy marriage. But mm-hmm. in what ways did you see that actually strengthen your marriage? Like, for example, you know, if I sit down and start doing a devotion every every morning, like, how is that actually helping me, you know, love Kate better? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good question. I mean, I think there's so many reasons. I mean, first of all, if I'm having a devotion or I'm spending time in the Word or reading, um, I'm doing it for, the reason is for my relationship with Jesus, not necessarily for for my wife directly, but there yeah. are definitely, or for my family, those are, hor- there are, but there are, this vertical relationship with Jesus has all these incredible horizontal benefits to it. But as I'm reading the word, I'm growing deeper in the gospel. I'm being more convicted of my own sin. I'm seeing areas in my life I need to change patterns and behavior. Uh, not only do I need to repent before God, but possibly repent before my spouse. Um, I am being reminded of the gospel, um, which when I see God's grace given to me so freely, 
it frees me up to be someone who can give that grace more freely to my wife and to my own children. Um, and I so agree. it's a really important piece to that. And so often, um, especially when it comes to conflicts, we want to be right. You know, we want to be right. And when we're, when we're before our Father, our Heavenly Father, we realize just how far we are from being perfect or right in anything. And it, gives, it just gives you grace when you're dealing with your relationship with your spouse um, to give your spouse the same grace that God has given you. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a great distinction. Um, I think that that's important to note, right? It's not, I don't sit down and pray because somehow magically that makes, like, directly it makes my marriage better. I, 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 don't, I don't read God's Word and then go, oh, well, like, this will fix my marriage. But I go, what's interesting is as I pray, as I read God's Word, as I engage in those things that we might call spiritual rhythms or practices or disciplines, like, I'm, I'm actually putting myself in a position where I, like John 15, right, I'm abiding in the vine of Jesus Christ, and when that happens, fruit is, fruit is there, and so that fruit, who's it going to benefit? Of course it's going to benefit my, my spouse. Of course it's going to benefit yeah. my kids. And um, I just think often we, we don't actually fulfill that thought, that thought of like, yeah, God at the center of my marriage will actually be the best marriage. Well, why? It's, it's not a genie good luck charm. It's a, this is life transformation we're talking about. You as a husband, you as a wife, yeah. as, as, a, as a dad, as a mom. And that's what we mean when we say that, you know, God needs to be the center of our marriage and our parenting. Right. Yep. Um, so I guess then, you know, looping back into the kids, I, I mean, I have two kids, right? And they're young. And so there's a sense in which I feel like my life is consumed right now by kids, but I've also been in youth ministry and I know what it's, you know, from a, from a, a vantage point, an outsider's perspective, I've seen parents whose lives are consumed with their 12 year old or their 18 year old. And it looks very different, but it's consuming nonetheless. Do you guys feel like there are seasons that were easier for you to prioritize your marriage? And were there seasons that were more difficult to prioritize their marriage? Or was it kind of just an, an uphill battle for <laughs> from, from the starting line to the end line, you know? I guess I'll start with that. I think that um, for me, it wasn't necessarily harder, but it's different. Um, you kind of have different challenges at different stages of parenthood. And, but the joy for me was raising children with Steve. I mean, um, just going through all those phases together and walking together, discussing issues that come up with the children. I mean, when your kids are small, a lot of it is just like maintaining the chaos, you know, just like making sure everybody's got their, got dressed and, you know, mm. make sure they get off to school and, you know, it's, physically kind of and you're, you're kind of controlling them trying to wrangle them and as they get older you're they're freeing up from you and they're they're more on their own and you're learning how to handle um, those kind of changes where you're you're not in control of your kids anymore you're trying to walk alongside them and help them with decisions so you kind of change with your change the way you parent as your kids grow up so, I, I like what you said there Kathy that that for you it wasn't just raising kids it was raising kids with Steve yeah. What is what like tell me tell me in your like in your mind what was the difference? Like what would it have been like for you to raise kids versus raising kids together? What made that so fun? Yeah. There's so much joy in it. I mean, I I really I respect Steve first of all and Well, that's I, good. <laughs> I just really value his opinion and when you have a partner 
who they who you can bounce ideas off of because you're not perfect I mean you realize it very quickly as a parent that you are just very far from perfect and it's it's just so nice to have um, a partner that you love and that you trust and that you respect that you can discuss how to parent yeah. with yeah no I wholeheartedly agree with her I mean it's been a joy doing it together and you know I the marriage is, you know, probably the most important relationship, but of course your relationship with your children are hugely important. But to me, the family is a whole unit. Um, and so it's something we do together and we're in this together. And yeah, I do think there are seasons where it is hard. Um, if you've got tiny little children at home, um, being able to connect with one another, either you have to wait till the kids are all in bed and you're so tired or you've got to make arrangements. You have to find someone who can get a, be a sitter that will sit for the kids to allow you to go out. That costs money, takes planning, um, all those things. I think one of the things that we always tried to do is think about each phase of life. And, and, and because we valued looking and connecting during those times, we, we found ways to do it. I remember when our, um, uh, our kids had started, most of our kids had started in school, uh, but we had our youngest, Caleb, was um, still at home with us. And we decided that uh, on my day off, which was Monday, um, that every Monday we would go out for coffee. And we took Caleb with us, and he just did what Caleb does, sitting there at the table. And But we were, we were able to drink, I drank coffee, she drank tea or chai. Um, but we would, we would spend an hour, hour and a half together as much as Caleb would let us and just connect and talk. And that was great for us because we weren't able at that time to easily get babysitters and go out on a Friday night. Um, and so we were able to look for those times we're able to, to do that. And I think at each stage, even though there's challenges, um, you can find ways to connect with your spouse and you need to. Yeah. So you, I mean, you just mentioned that you guys would go out and, and talk, which is, you know, that's really what you're doing. You're getting coffee, but it was, it was to check in on one another. How, how are you doing? What's going on? You know, what have you been thinking about? What are you, I guess, what are you worried about? Like those kind of questions you check in on each other. And it, that goes back to your, I think your first point of communication, but um, what are some of the other ways that throughout the years, you, you guys kept your marriage a, a priority? How, how did you keep it fresh? I guess. Yeah, um, we did talk about this a little bit um, ahead of time. I'm going to kind of look at some of my notes. But one thing that we feel was important for our marriage is to connect with other couples and other families um, because you never want to do life alone. And you learn a lot from the people that you hang with. Um, and so we really made it a priority to be in a small group, to have – um, and not just only family or f friends, but family. It just connect with people and bring them into our home. And um, we found that that was helpful um, in our marriage, just to have that kind of accountability and encouragement from other couples. Yeah, absolutely. And even in our small group, we would study topics that were related to that. And so I remember we went through a book on marriage as an entire small group. And it was just great to not only... Um, be able to share some of our own challenges, but to hear from others how they are managing those struggles. And we were able to learn from those things as well. So um, I definitely think that's good. I, I think another way to keep things fresh is you, you, have to, you have to have fun together. You gotta look for 
ways to just enjoy one another. Not every time you're together has to be so serious. Um, find ways to to enter into the joys of one another. Find the things you love doing as a couple um, and look to do those things, whether it be by yourselves or with your kids. Uh, but uh, but find ways to enjoy and laugh together. Yeah, that's interesting. I feel like that's um, like I, I, I can see maybe making time Gosh, I mean, you, you, you hit it on the head, like you put the kids to bed, you're tired, your spouse is tired, you know, you, the last thing you want to do is like anything other than watch Netflix, right? Or, or like Amazon Prime. And I think there's a piece of me, it's like, it's so hard to muster up the energy or the intentionality to really go above and beyond. It's because it feels like it's above and beyond to go, you know, I don't know if if you like playing ping pong like play ping pong together or something you know i, I don't know that don't tweet at me please I, I know none of you are playing ping pong at home but if you are i'd like to get to know you um but yeah I, I think there's like how so how do you do that like is it do you think it's just an intentional decision that you're like yes i'm tired my spouse is tired we are tired but this is worth it is, is it kind of like you know as you do it you find that it's so worth doing that it a good habit feeds a good habit or is it season of life dependent it's funny because sometimes it's okay to just veg okay you heard it here first folks let's go that's okay and steve and i definitely um especially since we've both been doing ministry for so many years um sometimes we just need to go home and just chill and that's okay and we do that together yeah. like I don't go in my room and he goes I mean we normally like are in the same room and we can chill together and be quiet you don't watch like separate okay. shows right. do you need more popcorn send right, 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 right. no I'm good but, thanks um, <laughs> but yeah I'm nothing it not not everything has to be programmed is, yeah I guess is what I'm saying because sometimes you do need to just relax sometimes yeah, together and if you're tired don't force it just be willing to share with each other man I'm really tired um and look for other times when maybe you're not so tired um, that you can uh, engage more or look for those things that you enjoy doing or being together. Maybe there is, you know, not that your entire marriage should be doing this, but maybe there's a TV show you really enjoy watching. And so you watch that and you enjoy it. You laugh at it. You, um, it's something you're doing in common. I mean, I think that's, I think that's fine, but yeah, I think it's totally okay at times to just veg out. Um, but I, but I also think there is, I'm going all the way back to that word. There has to be some intentionality of, okay, well, we got a weekend coming up. What do you want to do on Saturday? Right. Um, you know, we could, we can go hiking. We could take a picnic. We could, we can make plans and do something that's fun. A lot of times if you don't make the plan and you wait for the moment to arrive, um, you just kind of be like, oh, man, I don't know. I don't feel up to that today. The kids are cranky. I don't know. But I think if you make a plan, and for the people who are planners out there, I mean, that's like, yes, of course, we can do that. But for those who are more spontaneous, um, that can often be a challenge. And I'm a very spontaneous person. Uh, but I did learn that it's sometimes you have to kind of make a little bit of plans ahead of time if you want to make it work. Yeah, I feel like you just shot an arrow at me there. I mean, like I am like Mr. Spontaneous. And the beauty of that, right, is as, as Steve, I'm sure you know, it's like is you, you're spontaneous as well. It's like sometimes you just you strike gold. You know what I mean? Like oh, like the mood hits and you're like, you know what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to stop by the grocery store on the way home. I'm going to pick up six different types of cheese, some blueberry jam and a French baguette and a bottle of wine. And we're going to have like French evening, <laughs> you know, and like <laughs> yeah. you show up and you're like the hero of the world. And then like, but you, when you describe the weekend, I think that happens to me all the time. It's like, you know, you finish your work week, it's Friday night, kids are in bed. And then the dreaded question, like, well, what do you want to do tomorrow? And you're like, like, honestly, nothing. That's what right. I like. I want to do nothing all day. But when you have kids, obviously, that's not an option for everybody. You know, you, right. they still need food and your attention and things. And so like having that plan, the intentionality, the plan to say, yeah, you know, what, we're going to go for a walk. And it doesn't have to be, you know, like in, in the most beautiful place. It could literally just be like around the neighborhood because it gives you a chance to explore and get outside and walk together. And right. man, I think that's really, really helpful. Yeah. Kathy, what, what would you say, like, were some of your, you know, more favorite ways to invest in your marriage? Um, well, I think it's always important to find um, things that you do enjoy doing together. Um, Steve and I do like to play games. And, um, and sometimes you have to invest in what the other person likes to and like, and there's a lot of reward in that sometimes. But, um, but we do enjoy playing games and we've gotten to be a little bit of um, what is it? Scra- I'm going to say it wrong. Scrabble. Scrabble. Scrabblers. Yeah. <laughs> we I don't know. Become a little bit of the scrabblers, but we can be very competitive. Yeah. So we no have to way. be careful with that. Yeah. No, I would have um, never guessed that. Recently, we told each other we just were not allowed to use the dictionary. Oh yeah, when we play a game of Scrabble. Yeah. So wait, when so you, you come you up with come a up word, with those really obscure words, and I'm like, is that a word? Oh, but right. you can still Prove challenge, it. right? You could you still, ch- you could be like, that is not a word. Right, but you can't start looking up words if you're desperate to find a word. So, but yeah, but yeah, we, we enjoy playing games together. And I think that's something we've always enjoyed. Our, I think our kids do as well. So yeah. sometimes it's a family game, but sometimes the kids walk in and mom and dad are sitting there playing Scrabble together. So, um, and another thing we invested in was joining a gym. That's right. So we, we, did. Both, we both do that together. We did. So. So. Well, what gym? Maybe they want to sponsor us. <laughs> That would be Athens Gym in Sykesville. Two one seven eight four. That's right. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, I, I, man, that's. I think you guys have given a lot of ideas already. I feel like that's so helpful. Sometimes just to hear like other like ways other people are connecting. Because um, maybe you thought of it, maybe you didn't. I mean, there's even like services now that like I think it's called like Date in a Box. Yeah. And like right. you can like it's a subscription, and like every month you get a new date, and some of it is like really intense like there's a scavenger hunt around your local area and other times it's like some of it sounds like fun i've never heard of that yeah some of it's well you know probably probably pretty awkward like i think there's like one where you paint each other which like if (laughs) if kate was painting me it would probably look like me and if i painted kate she would look like a stick figure and then the feelings would get hurt and that's a that's a bad bad use of time um but yeah i think you know just even being creative, finding things that you that you like in common. I, I've heard you both say that a couple times. I think that's important. And, you know, if you're struggling, if you're at home, maybe even just thinking, like, what did we do when we were just dating? You know? Right. That's right. Did we, did we love going to, like, Orioles games when we were dating? Did we love, um, you know, jogging together? Right. She's like, you're a sick person if that's you. But, you know, <laughs> hey, right. keep but listening. We're glad you're here. Together. I think that's yeah. – Yeah, find the things that you enjoyed even before you had kids and say, hey, we still enjoy those things. Let's let's do that. So, Steve, as a husband, what, what advice would you give um, some of our young, young husbands and young dads about keeping um, your marriage a priority? Yeah, I mean, I – 
I think a lot of these would be like words to my younger self in, a, in, in some ways, if I could go back in time and talk to the Steve uh, who was first married. But, um, you know, here's the, like some of the things I just jotted down a few thoughts on that. I said, you know, first thing is to remember that your role as a husband, it doesn't stop as, quote, the provider. Um, and sometimes we think that we're doing our job as a husband when we get up in the morning and we go to work and we work all day and then we come home and then we punch out. Right. Um, and that's my time to rest because I just worked all day. Uh, but your role is so much bigger than being a provider for the home. And uh, when you come home from work is one of the most important times for you to engage with your spouse. Um, and it's possible you are married to a spouse who also works um, and has that day as well. And so if you just think, oh, well, it's, you know, my wife's job. She's going to make sure dinner's ready. She's going to make sure the kids are quiet. She's going to make sure all those things. I think you've really missed the mark. Mm. Um, how do we just engage right away when we get home? Um, and what is it that's going to help my wife in that moment the most? Whether do I help with dinner or do I help with the kids? Do I set the table um, and uh, be willing to start talking and engaging uh, right away, I think is really important. Um, uh, another thing I would say is um, be, an, be an encourager and an affirmer of your spouse all the time. Think about ways in which they just need to be verbally affirmed. I think that's a way, and again, I think uh, another place that I tended to screw up a lot is I would just I know how I felt about my wife I know what I thought about her um, but what I didn't do was often tell her and uh, like I said she's not a mind reader mm -hmm. so she needs just like we need we need those words of affirmation to hear your your spouse say I love you you're beautiful you're fantastic you do such a great job at uh, at these things you're a great mom and uh, thank you for the ways you support me I think finding ways to be more of an affirmer um, and just continuing to sort of double down on that is really important. Um, and I think the other thing that I would just add here is I would say always, whenever you're talking about your spouse somewhere, always speak about them in an honoring way. Hmm. Um, you know, don't, don't say derogatory things or complain or fuss about your spouse. Um, I think that's just, um, that doesn't paint them in a good light. And I think, you know, if we have issues at home, they need to be either dealt with there. If you have a really close friend that you are reaching out to for help, that's okay. But, you know, if you're just talking, if you're standing around the grill and you start complaining about your spouse, that's just not honoring. And I just think it isn't good. Yeah, I, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. I think all three of those things are, are difficult to do, again, without intentionality, um, especially that encouraging affirmation side, because it, it means that I have to be focused on my spouse and not myself, mm -hmm. which, again, is an opportunity. We're going all the way back to the beginning, right? It's like, that's the gospel, right? That it actually frees me to admit that I'm way more selfish than I'd ever want to admit, because it's safe to do so, because the grace of Jesus Christ covers all of that sin, all the selfishness, even the stuff I don't even see about myself, is covered on the cross. And so I can actually say to myself, to God, to my wife, man, I am so selfish. I totally missed that opportunity to tell you how great you were, and, and I'm so grateful for you. Yeah. So thanks, Steve. Kathy, how about for our, our young moms and wives? 
had a few um, thoughts. Um, first of all, I think as women, we need to make sure we have support structures in place. And as much as we want to think that our husband is going to fulfill all of our needs, we know that that's not true. There, we need other people. We need good support structures. So I would encourage every young mom and wife to um, find fellowship with other moms, maybe a play group. Um, find a mentor, a mature married woman whom you can learn from. I think that is really important. Um, if you, especially um, if you don't have family, I think that's even more important to have someone that you can go to when you have um, an issue or you need some advice. Um, I do think it's important for women and as couples for us to be in um, home groups, and we talked about that a little bit, just having fellowship with other couples. I just think isolation from other people is just a real danger yeah. um, in a marriage because I just think um, we tend to just think everything we need is going to come from our spouse, and that's just not not true. Yeah, that's really, in- that's really good. I-, I think, you know, that's really part of the topic of the day, right? Like marriage, kids, can I have both, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the tagline. But the truth is it's like, well, you, if you're going to have both, you're going to have it. Well, you need to have support, right? Like you right. need to have that, that woman who's, who you can go to and she's going to be safe and she's going to encourage you and maybe tell you that you're not processing this situation right. very well. And right. you're going to need other couples who can encourage you either with words or just even like just being there. I mean, we had Jordan and, and Ellen on the podcast a, a few episodes ago and their stories about what the small group has meant for them and done mm-hmm. for them, for their families. I mean, their marriages are stronger because they have one another. Their parenting is better because they have one another. And I, I think that's great. Right. And another thing I would add is, um, and I, I'm convicted this, of this all the time, um, I am not the perfect wife. I am not the perfect person. Um, just remember that you, when you come into the marriage, you have different perspectives. You have different ways of doing things. You, um, one of you is um, more organized. One of you is more dis- disorganized. Um, so, um, so when you look at your spouse, realize that he is flawed just like you are and, um, but learn to be grateful and appreciative of Mm. your, of your, of your spouse, of your husband, um, be supportive of his leadership of the family. Um, and then like Steve said, speak in an honoring way, um, about each other in front of other people. Um, and I think that would go like a long way. Yeah, and I'll add this, and I think it probably would apply to both. Um, I just think, you know, to make a commitment to keeping short accounts with one another, you're going to, we're sinners, right? I mean, that's who we are. I'm a big sinner. And so my sin is going to hurt my wife, um, and uh, it's going to wound her. Um, And I need to own that. I need to repent uh, when I've done that. Um, And at the same time, uh, I also need to be liberal with the forgiveness uh, when uh, they've hurt me and offended me. Right. I just think um, repentance and forgiveness are just uh, habits that we need to commit to. And you're going to have to, you'll have lots of opportunity to put it into practice. But you should. Just Christ has been just so graceful with us. Um, it's learning how do we be so gracious and graceful with one another. Yeah, thanks. That's really Thank you, guys. I mean, this has been really helpful for me. I, I know it's going to be helpful for our young families. Um, I guess as we close, you know, I, I think that what I've heard from you is, yes, you really can have a good, vibrant, 
you know, not perfect, but, but thriving marriage and still have kids. And, and it's not a choice of either or, you know, God provides the grace for us to do both. The biggest takeaways I have, um, you know, really so far from our time is that, you know, that relationship that I have as an individual with my heavenly father, with my savior, that's key. And we've explained what that looks like and, and why that matters. Number two is communication. And number three is intentionality. Um, and so I, I would just encourage, uh, you know, anybody who's listening, like if you want to talk more about that, I mean, Steve and Kathy are here, right? You guys That's are right. here at the church. You That's love right. that. It's one of the best parts of your jobs, you know, like that we all get to be in, in others' lives. And um, I'm sure they'd love to hear from you. So as we close, I guess my last question would be, um, you know, are there any books or resources that you guys have found particularly helpful over the years um, in these areas? Yeah, I mean, I, one of the one of my favorite books on marriage uh, was written by Paul Tripp. Um, the first go at it was called "What Did You Expect?" question uh, mark But he has um, he sort of redone the book, and now it's just called uh, "Marriage: It's Six Gospel-Centered Principles of Marriage." Um, we actually went through that book as a small group, and it's it's both convicting, it's challenging, it's encouraging, and it's just soaked in the gospel. And so that's yeah. a book if if you as a couple really want to. Um, go deeper in your in your marriage and in, in that I would I would highly highly recommend that and there's just all kinds of resources out there um, ask us we you know we can point you in the direction of resources and and where they are and we want to even I believe we have those here at Chapelgate we've got these podcasts and the fire which so thankful Rob that you've been doing these things we are uh, this fall going to be launching something called Family U which yeah, stands for Family right. University and uh, we'll be doing seminars and workshops that are focused on various issues that young families and families are dealing with, whether it be their marriage or raising kids or navigating technology um, and uh, all those things. Um, and uh, the opportunities, resources to get connected in small groups are all here and just really encourage that. Yeah, I think those are great. And then, Kathy, I know that you you help folks with the, the Life Counseling Center we have here as well, um, you know, marriage counseling, right? Mm -hmm. It's... I think people sometimes fall into the trap of they wait too long. They wait for everything to be falling apart or have already fallen apart. And then they're like, hey, how do I how do I put this back together? Instead of maybe just like, uh, you know, going, hey, we're just we're not communicating. Right. Like I, I'm saying this and you're hearing that and I, I'm not able to get over the short account thing. And, and, you know, to have that resource here in our in our very building is just such a such a blessing. Mm -hmm. So, well, well, Steve and Kathy, thank you guys so much uh, sure. for being here and uh, definitely would like to have you guys back. So uh, thank you. Thank, thank you. you, Rob. Yeah. And uh, for those of you guys listening, one last thing I'll pitch for you. Uh, Steve already talked about Family University, which is a new ministry opportunity we have coming this fall. Um, it's going to be kind of on a quarterly basis, but on a more irregular uh, basis, we're going to do another thing for our young families, which is called Dads on Duty. And that's an opportunity for the dads to take the kids, come to Chapelgate, watch all our kids together um, with that support group, like Kathy was saying, <laughs> of just other guys watching our kids, but also to give moms a chance to, um, to breathe. I, I think that one of the things that I have found is we're all tired and where we can kind of help bear one another's burden, which, you know, is, is in that raising children is a burden. It's a good one. It's a blessing, but it's a burden, you know, where we can come alongside one another and provide those opportunities for our wives or our husbands to go and, um, you know, be fed, get some energy, have some fun. 
uh, I think it really does produce great fruit for the marriage. So we're starting our first one here September 10th from 4 to 6 p.m. That's this Saturday if you're listening uh, live. And uh, we would love to have you sign up. You can do that online at chapelgate.org. I'll put the link for that in the show notes. But once again, this is our last episode of the first season of In the Fire, a podcast for the young families of Chapelgate. It's been awesome. Um, I've had so much fun interviewing everyone, and I just really look forward uh, to launching a second season later uh, in 2022 or maybe even January of 23. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks for being part of the Chapelgate Young Family Ministry. My name is Rob, and I'll catch you next season. See ya.